when you're like address me hello stephanie well hello eleni <laughs> we are mature people allegedly well you just had a birthday so you legally are older that's true but that's true no also <laughs> i refuse <laughs> one of these days you should be the one laughing as as the episode starts cuz honestly it's a it's a really freeing feeling I do just, laugh, uh, just my laugh is very quiet, so it's mostly like air. Uh, that I need it to survive? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the other side of forever. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am... Uh, <laughs> I hate the time change. I know this is like old news at this point, but I hate the time change so much because like... Even if I do get up early, quote unquote, get up early and I go and I do things by noon, the sun is setting and I'm depressed. (laughs) Yeah, I hate. It's not great for me. It's not great for me. I like the dark, but it's too soon. It's a little too soon. November is not when I want to also be experiencing seasonal depression. And uh, you know what's great about the, yep, I will say. A, to segue, and B, because it's true. The fact that we now have more time to watch movies at night is really helpful. Well, technically, you're watching it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. has changed. It's just darker outside. This is darker, which makes it even better to watch a movie during. Or at least that's how I felt watching this. That's, that's fair. <laughs> I was all cozy. So I have a new couch. I don't know if I've gushed about it yet but i have a couch <laughs> yay <laughs> and so it was me my my knitted blanket my laptop and a cup of hot tea sounds ideal and that's how i got to enjoy this very sleepy movie it's a very sleepy movie it's a very sleepy movie. and i think i almost fell asleep at one point but that's fine i think that is to be expected yeah same <laughs> I think I did fall asleep in one moment. It's just a good movie. It's a very calming movie, which is what I appreciate so much about it. Oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Oh my god, it's so pretty, and then it's so gentle, and everyone has such a nice voice. Yeah. If you if you're the type of person who watches a movie to fall asleep, this is this is the movie for you. <laughs> that is my recommendation. Elena, what did we watch this week? We watched. Loving Vincent, which in and of itself is a work of art. Oh my God, it really is. Yeah. Like legitimately one of the prettiest things I've ever watched. It is so well done. It is so 
lovingly made. Like if you are here to love Vincent, it is because you like us care so much about this sweet baby angel. Yeah. (sighs) We love this boy. We love this boy so much. (laughs) (laughs) And the makers of the movie also loved them. Loved him, like as it shows, and how much love they put into making the movie, and how they went all out (laughs) in every sense of the world. Word. They really pulled all the stops for this one, and honestly, we're better for it. Yeah, I love him. This is a good movie, albeit (laughs) slow. That's not nice. That's fair. It's a correct. I'm right. But it's it's not. It's a slow movie. It gets a bit. There's not much plot going on there's there's one plot and it's an hour and a half of the same anyways (laughs) let's get into it okay so loving vincent is a movie that came out in 2017 it it was like an experimented animation uh experimental animation where they this is basically the first full movie that is entirely painted animated it is a beautifully beautifully painted animated feature film every frame of this movie all sixty-five thousand frames is an oil painting on canvas used by van gogh's tech using van gogh's technique of that painterly rough impressionistic art style so there is thick layers of oil paint, hand, you know, masterfully placed. Oh my God, it is magnificent. This is one of the prettiest things. And if um, the way that I was watching, so the first time I watched this movie, um, I saw it in theaters. And, you know, up on a screen, it's very impressive. Also very gentle and soft and beautiful. Mm. It was January of 2018. I was in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it was beautiful. My mother fell asleep watching it. <laughs> Um, but watching it again for, for this episode, I had it way closer because it was on my laptop and it's like, wow, you can really see every detail. Yeah. And it blows my mind because (laughs) when you start looking at like the people and the animation and the movement, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. Art scares me. It's so cool. <laughs> there is a reason why you can't see every brush stroke, and we're going to get into it. But first, let's say who made the movie itself. Yes. So it was written and directed by Dorota Gobiela and Hugh Welchman. Dorota is the one who started the project. She, she was like, she was basically a classically trained artist. She was writing about artists and depression for her thesis at the Academy. Hey, yeah, yeah. hey, <laughs> at the Academy of Fine Arts in Warsaw, uh, and she started reading the letters of Vincent, uh, the letters he sent uh, to his brother mostly, and she got so inspired that she made a seven-minute uh, short film in two thousand eight. It was like a short look into what she wanted to do. And then she and Hugh kind of took it to the next level by making a full length, like an hour and a half. Perfect time, by the way, for a movie. 
Uh, I know a, a tight 90 is honestly the best way to uh to enjoy a film. Uh, I what I really like about it is the fact that she wanted to create originally this like loving Vincent story was just for her and to to know him better through his technique. Yeah. But like what a development. Yeah. <laughs> it grew into something wonderful. Which is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It was premiered the the full length film was premiered at the Annecy International Animated Film Festival, where it won Best Animated Feature Film at the 30th European Film Awards in Berlin, and it was also anima- nominated Best Animated Feature for the Academy Awards. Yeah. Although for some reason Disney won instead with Coco. Of course they I did. I have my feelings about Coco. It's a fine movie. Don't at me. It's just not original. Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was also animated for Golden Globe and a bunch of other things and won a bunch of other awards as well. It's a good technique. Yeah. It's awesome. This is awesome. Like, the amount of work that went into it. I remember if the original seven-minute film... We talked about this in one of my art class, Like, in one of my... During my undergrad, we were talking about how, like, this movie was in production and they still needed artists to help create it. And this is, like, 2013, 2014, 2015. And it's just like, damn. Damn, okay. I see you. (laughs) It's so good. It's just so much work. uh, I think I, uh, I remember reading somewhere that it was, like they discovered the slowest type of animation to ever yes. exist. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the oh, fact man. that it was partially funded through Kickstarter. I know. And it was like a Polish-UK kind of collaboration. And it was also funded by the Polish Film Institute. And well, when you think about when you think about the amount of oil paint that they had to buy for this stupid project, oh gosh, <laughs> I guess half of the half of the budget went into the to the oil paint and everything. Just the the supplies alone. Vincent Vincent himself would would tell you. Theo himself would tell you that art supplies are not cheap. Nope. <laughs> they are not. Not in God, the my heart. <laughs> yeah. I liked the uh I liked the choice for animators, by the way. Uh the amount, you mean? That and also that the fact that they used classically trained painters instead of animators. Yeah. Because they wanted to like avoid a personal style. Yeah. Which is interesting. And they hired these traditional anim- uh, traditional painters, the cl- classically trained painters, who there was 125 of them I know. out of 20 <laughs> countries. And in total, they had like up to 5,000 ap- applicants. It's like, wow. <laughs> Damn. Could you imagine 5,000 people wanting to go to Poland? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Rude. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> That's mean, but still, like it's it's one of those things that because there was so much interest, even just from like a technical perspective behind it, the amount of love that could have been put into it, the amount of time that could have been put into it, the amount of like interest that was generated around this film, 
is part of the reason why it was so successful. Yeah. I mean, the original got, what, a 10-minute standing ovation? Or yeah. was it this? Yeah. This It was yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. It got a, yeah. a, at the first place that it was shown, it got a 10-minute standing ovation. That really says it all. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's something no one has seen before. It's something original and, like, completely new. Something you wouldn't even think was possible, maybe. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. damn, good job. Well, because of the fact, like, as far as animated films go, it's pretty straightforward. It follows a plot, and there's an interesting story, and there are many characters. And in terms of, like, 90-minute animated feature films, that's not... We've been seeing that since Disney, right? <laughs> Animated studios have been existing since the 50s, the 40s, the 30s. Like, it's not, it's not unheard of. Yeah. However, oil paintings. Oil paintings. Process Over that. 65,000 oil paintings. <laughs> yeah. And they also used uh, 12 frames per second. And that's interesting because usually... An animation used 24 uh, frames mm-hmm. per second. So, like, when you're watching the movie, you... It's like you're not f- entirely immersed, like, when you're watching something else with a 24 frame per second, like, technique. Because the, the 24 one is kind of, like, blends and your mind, like, adjusts to it and makes it seem, like, very real to you. And you 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 forget that it's an animation you're watching because everything is so fluid. And in this one, because it's so less frames, you can tell that everything is painted, and that kind of also plays well into the movie because he it, like when you watch it, you you are drawn into the story, sure, and it, it keeps going. But all the time, you're thinking. Oh sh- shit! This is this is oil painting. Oh whoa! How many? Fr- oh my god! So many oil and paintings. And then it just keeps going. And like you can really tell. So I think that's also really interesting because like there is a point in the film in which you stop focusing on the fact that it's paint, mm-hmm. but then every so often it just hits you with a hey. Remember everything you're looking at was hand painted. Smiley face. Smiley face. <laughs> It's so cool. Yeah. I don't know. I I think we could just say that it was so cool and call it an episode. <laughs> but like the technique behind it is fascinating and the the dedication to it. Because so why would you want a classically trained painter over an animator? And a lot of it does have to do with that style. Classically trained painter is taught as as they've been traditionally called, as they've been both lovingly and distastefully referred to as copyists. Hmm. A lot of your classically art, your your classically trained artists have been taught to paint what they see and nothing more and nothing less. And so the way that this movie was devised, like using rotoscoping or a form of rotoscoping is that you would film the live action cast creating it. Mm-hmm. And acting it out, and that's why everyone looks so like lifelike. <laughs> yeah. But then they would take the screens and the stills of that movie and have the painter recreate it in 
the style of Van Gogh's Impressionism. Mm-hmm. Or is he a mannerist? No, he was a, an, impres- an Impressionist painter. Is he post-impressionist? Yes. All right, let's have a quick discussion about post-impressionism and impressionism. <laughs> I thought that he and Gauguin were impressionist artists. No, both of them are post-impressionist. Who's impressionist then? Manet, Monet, Monet uh, Seurat, uh, Lodrick. Oh, no, maybe Lodrick is post-impressionist. I think Lodrick is definitely. Oh, uh, they have another word then. It's not mannerist. It's um expressionist. No. no. What there's there's a word to describe both. Gauguin and Vincent. That is going to drive me insane. <laughs> Gauguin, um, Vincent, Cezanne, they were post-impressionists. They were like much more different from impressionists. And that's mm-hmm. why they were seen as strange. That's kind of what played into Vincent's uh, image like, people thought that his paintings were too strange, too weird. Like, why do you use so much layers? It's It was different from, like, what they were used to already, which was Impressionist works, which was, like, delicate layers of, like, flowers and everything. And Van Gogh comes in with, like, the blast of colors and 50 more layers and, like, chaos. And it's... Uh, it was. And as we discussed in the Yukioe episode, a lot of that was also like inspired by the use of Japanese prints. Yeah. Just in a in a way that Parisian audiences couldn't understand, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Vincent was very famously a fan of Japanese art. There was even an exhibition uh, in Van Gogh Museum, I think, two years ago about uh, Vincent and like J- J- Japanese art and Vincent mm. and how they interlapped and how he he copied some of the works like entirely or like in his own style of course but he was very fascinated by it so it played a big part in his work <laughs> I love him so much he is a sweet boy who deserved better but <laughs> I'm gonna try not to cry uh, and move forward with this episode <laughs> I believe we discussed this briefly in our Getting to Know Us episode. You did write your thesis on Vincent. Yes. We also did an episode about my thesis. My question then becomes, how do you feel, before we get into the plot, before we discuss this, how how do you feel about the plot? Well, so this plot revolves around, it's kind of like presented as a murder mystery. and A, a real whodunit. Yeah. <laughs> So did Van Gogh kill himself or was he murdered? That was... I guess let's start with that then. So it happens a year after Van Gogh's death. Yeah. Right. Where um, Armand, the alleged friend of Vincent Van Gogh, is requested by Armand's father, Joseph Roulon, who asks his son to deliver the last letter that Vincent wrote to his brother. Yes. So Armand, who's like, fuck this, fuck you, I don't want to do it, leave me alone. I'm just going to be drunk at a bar and get upset. And every time someone mentions anyone relating to Vincent, um, he has to go all the way to Paris. And that's when the murder mystery begins. Because as a Vincent Van Gogh fan, 
and also uh, a lover of a good tragedy. Vincent van Gogh dies of mysterious circumstances. And six months after his death, his brother also died. Theo van Gogh, who was a tremendous character in his own right. And they do, they do a good job in this movie, kind of like depicting that. I cried when I saw him crying over Vincent's death. <laughs> so much. Um, he fell into a really sharp uh, depression and he already was ill. I, I don't know if this is libel or if this is serious. I thought that he died ultimately of syphilis. Yeah, it was syphilis that he died from, but it he was advised to avoid being agitated and avoid being uh, like. Uh, you might be in a delicate state, sir. Sorry, what? He was in a delicate state, if you will. Yes, if you will. So, if you will, Vincent's death kind of. Uh, took a big hit on him and it led to his deterioration and soon passed, yeah. he passed away. But yeah, Armand finds out that he is, uh, Theo is uh, dead and uh, he goes to uh, Auvers and goes in search for Dr. Gachet, who was kind of like let Vincent or he helped Vincent after he got out of the asylum and like yes led him into his house and uh, he was also a painter and they had a good relationship apparently quote uh, allegedly quote unquote had a good relationship yeah. <laughs> uh i think the problem is that a lot of people used vincent because they didn't think that he was like of sound mind or body or anything for like so much of his later years that they were just like, yeah, sure. Let's just help this poor sick man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, definitely accept his art when he can't pay us for real. Tee hee. Ha ha. I don't know. It's sad. Vincent's story is sad. We'll eventually do a proper episode on Vincent Van Gogh, I think. But, uh, I mean, cause we have to. <laughs> <laughs> One day. But so the investigation on Vincent's suicide, quote-unquote suicide, quote-unquote suicide. <laughs> One more time, quote-unquote suicide, uh, revolves around all the people who Vincent, you know, could have known, would have known, and you have Armand playing detective. Yeah. He goes to see Gachet. He goes and speaks to the the owners of the inn he goes and he speaks to every everyone who could have known him yeah and it's a beautiful i mean the the way that it is done is 90% of it is to paint the people that vincent van gogh painted portraits of kind of vincent never sold a painting in his lifetime he sold one nah. he painted like 800 so <laughs> and he painted over 800 um, because he used to trade his art for for room and board. Yeah. So if he was staying somewhere, he would offer to paint the the owner. Or if he was around people for long enough, he would paint them, you know, if he owes them. Especially uh, Gachet, for example, was given a huge portion of Van Gogh's work. 
because Vincent couldn't afford the medical treatment. Yeah, and every uh, he like you said, every character is painted by uh, Vincent at some point in his life. Even Armand, he is painted. Yeah, that 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 first shot of Armand is the Armand portrait yes. that um, is so famous, and even the um, like every every initial shot of somebody is the portrait that Vincent painted. And I think that is phenomenal. You have so many famous pieces put into this work and it like, it tells a gorgeous, or it tells a tragic but beautiful story of the last six months of uh, Vincent van Gogh's life. Uh, and yeah, the episode, the film is kind of alluding to Vincent being murdered, and that's what yeah. like um, Armand is trying to prove or find out, get 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 to the bottom of. And in the end, uh, it kind of ends. For me, it was quite open ended. It it does allude more to suicide, but it doesn't say. It doesn't rule out the fact that he might have been killed either it leans so the whole movie for me is like a build-up to say oh no he could have never he was so happy he was doing so well he could never have oh but there was that one time where he was super sad hmm anyways no no need to to mind that and it's like well hold on y'all you spend an entire movie trying to say that he did not kill himself for me though it was a very definitive only for him to kill himself. <laughs> I don't know. It was a very long movie for just for that ending. And I get it. I think it was well done. I just think that there's... It's unfortunate. It was approved and, like, helped the movie. It was helped by the Van Gogh Museum. Yeah. And they kind of offered their knowledge and like research center to and made them made it available for them and the director at the time uh axel ruger he uh ruger i guess he uh-huh. um it's 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 northern dutch it, it would be a hard g probably <laughs> so he approved the concept and the film script yes to me uh, Van Gogh Museum has always stood behind that idea of Vincent committing suicide and like held yeah. strongly to that. Even when we, uh, even when I was uh, conducting an interview with head of education uh, of my Van Gogh Museum, she was always like, like pointing out that he killed himself, killed himself. and like making it clear that that's what she believed and that that's fine. That's completely fine uh wouldn't it just make it sound like the museum is the one that killed him (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) it was a suicide let it die (laughs) what are you hiding i just just (laughs) it's so funny to me it's like the van gogh museum is also the type of institution that wants to maintain a certain narrative yeah. Behind That's true. the story of Van Gogh. So it's complicated. <laughs> this is also yeah. the same museum that would not talk about uh, Vincent cutting off his own ear for so long. And then the first 10 minutes of the film have it. 
well, it shows that they are moving towards talking about it. And it, it's like, there are some things that might lead us to believe that he was murdered. And this movie does a great job at pointing out all the things that could have happened in order for him to have been murdered. That's true. I did spend, the first time I watched this movie, I did spend the first hour and 20 minutes going, Van Gogh was murdered. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a compelling argument. And so if if this movie was created in order to poetically theorize the death of Van Gogh, well done. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a very sad but interesting. It's a very interesting uh depiction on how like a who done it murder mystery uh investigation would go, I think. Yeah. And Armand is just such a sourpuss. <laughs> I love Armand. He deserves so much better, but he's also insufferable. He's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, Loving Vincent was kind of, like you said, like the brings in these, this possibility that he might have been murdered and like gives us this other option. Which is, which is compelling. And it's it's a well thought out argument because you go through all it the is. steps of saying, but this is he was fine. He was considering all of these other things. Why would a man who was considering all these things, like how could he possibly? Why would he ever? And it's like, well, because sometimes sometimes that's just how the brain works. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it yeah. be like that. Unfortunately. But oh. then then the. The next movie that came out about Vincent Van Gogh, which was next year, the uh, At Eternity's Gate. Oh, my God. That features Uh, William Defoe. That one went all the way until he was killed. Yeah, that one said Vincent Van Gogh was murdered. Oh man. 100%. 1000%. There's no there's no other option. Vincent was murdered. Uh Ad yeah. Infinity's Gate is an awful film, but I loved every minute of it. <laughs> the whole dream sequence in the like in the churchyard, insane. Yeah. Yeah. I just love Dufault. He's such a good actor. I don't know. But, uh, but otherwise uh, it's a very artsy film. I don't like artsy films. You all know this. We 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 know this. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a definitive. We we love and hate. I love artsy films. Actually, <laughs> you you do love it. I love I love this nonsense so much. And like that's uh, that's another thing that this movie like delivers is that it's a very artsy, very romantic capital R romantic <laughs> depiction on one man's obsessive journey to discover what actually happened and why did it happen and how could this have happened how is a man who six weeks ago was looking fine and was happy and could have you know changed the world and was on the up and up and everyone was so sad and i think that also is like the same the same line of questioning that theo had how could this have happened why did this happen? Yes. We we he was he was getting better. Oh. <laughs> he was getting better. The relationship between Vincent it's and so Theo sad. just 
It's so sad. It is one of the sweetest. It's so sweet. It is such brotherly love. It is it it's is an beautiful. obsession. It is that scene of the two of them looking over paintings together somewhere halfway through the movie where they're like both looking at Vincent's work and he's just like elated, excited. And it's just like, oh, oh my heart. 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 But but even but even Theo had such a tough time like balancing being a father and a husband and a successful business a successful business owner and also the caretaker of his older brother. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It is, it is tough. not what he wanted in his life. Because Vincent died at 37. Can you imagine, guys? 37! A baby! A literal baby. And when you think about every other artist that was, like, rubbing shoulders, I think they did a really good job in the, for like, when we're talking about Paris, we are talking about the who's who of art. You have mm-hmm. Monet, Cezanne, Henri, you have everybody, everybody is in Paris. And, and Vincent didn't want that. Vincent wanted to to set on it on his own, but he he rubbed shoulders with some of these fantastic folks. And when you think of them, you think of them older. And so yeah. in my mind's eye, I always see Vincent van Gogh as older. Like, ah, you know, if I envision Gauguin or if I envision Monet, for example, all I see is his Giverny phase where he's like this bigger, older, white-haired gentleman who just, you know... Old, cute grandpa. This old, cute grandpa! But Vincent was 37! 37! I can't. That makes him more sad. It makes it so sad. He's so sad. I hate Gauguin! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we know this. (laughs) Oh, I found a great film about him. I'll... Who's Gauguin? Yeah. Do we have to watch I a Gauguin film? Yet, but it, oh. it's about how he's problematic. Oh, um, so we are going to watch a Gauguin film. <laughs> I guess. Hey guys, part two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This movie became such an interesting discourse and then did not win an Academy Award. <laughs> yeah. It took six years to complete. It Grossed like forty-two million uh, worldwide when their budget was uh, like five point five million. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, um, it's quite well rated everywhere. Like eighty-five percent uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, seven point eight at uh, IMDb. It's it's quite liked. It, it like you can see that the reception was very welcoming and people liked what they saw even though the plot is a bit dragging just a bit it's still a great a great project and a great movie and it's that it was too art house for mainstream is my theory the fact that this was an investigation the fact that this was experimental the fact that it was very adult it's a PG-13 yeah. film, so it's not like it's overtly anything. But the the subject matter that they're investigating is very, like, heavy. Yeah. And they, they do it in such an honest and straightforward depiction of, like, mental illness and 
and stigma and all this other stuff without like a happy ending. So there is no like overcoming the darkness type situation. It's just, well, that's unfortunate. Anyways, we'll see you next time. (laughs) So no matter how creative or how challenging or how difficult, it's the fact that this wasn't a kid's movie. In, in my opinion, is part of the reason why it never, it, it had no chance to win, like, a mainstream award. Oh, fine. If, uh, well, eh. it won a mainstream European award. Yeah, Europe doesn't count when it comes to... <laughs> Excuse you. Europe doesn't count. <laughs> it also won the Shanghai International Film Festival. I love the Toronto International Film Festival. Y'all... I can't wait for 2021, if only to go to film festivals. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it's just, it, it was different. It was good. It was sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so intimate. It was such a perfect depiction on where we, as a 21st century audience and as 21st century art critics, and art historians with a appreciation and an adoration for Vincent van Gogh in a way that like he was never given in his lifetime. And so films like this, that actually genuinely sweetly investigate it, even, even with the, like the hostility that was uh, initially placed in the beginning, you know, with, uh, with our mom being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. The fact that like, Slowly but surely, even he starts to love Vincent. Yeah. It's it's a film for us. <laughs> In a way that, like, At Infinity's Gate never was. Because At Infinity's Gate was a, like, whodunit. Or, like, a, a very sexy way of trying to talk about Vincent van Gogh and the, like, tragedy and his relationship with Gauguin and all this other stuff. And it's just like, yo, where's the love? <laughs> That is that is what I'm asking. Hat in hand is for you to love Vincent because he deserves so much affection that he He never deserves so much love. He deserves so much love because imagine what he could have been if he could have just like you know been left alone to do his art thing. We'd all have been so much better off. (laughs) Stop romanticizing the struggling artist. Vincent went to therapy. You should go to therapy. You'll be okay. The world is better with you in it. Yes. Woo. <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> pat, pat. I'm sad. This is a good film. I'm going to rewatch it, it later film. tonight and have a cry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is our life now. <laughs> I guess this is our life now. I think we should watch that. Paul Gauguin movie. I need something to get the blood boiling, you know, as it's getting <laughs> cold outside. I, uh, I need something to yell about. <laughs> you can get into it for sure. Get into it for sure. Oh, man. And another thing about the movie, they also did an exhibition. Yes! Which is very cool. From the 65,000 uh, frames that they did, like they frequently repainted over the canvas again and again. So yep. <laughs> in the end, uh, like up to a thousand remained. That's um, so much. 
<laughs> it's still a lot, yeah. <laughs> it's still a lot, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, out of these thousands, they they chose like 120 paintings to uh, put into a museum and display it to show kind of like the film making process. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was d- displayed in uh, Nord Brabant's museum in uh, October of 2017. Loving Vincent also has its own website. Yes. And it has a separate website for Loving Vincent artists. And both of those links will be in the description of the episode on our website. And another thing, if you want to find out even more about this process of the movie making, they did release a documentary uh, last year. And it's called The Loving Vincent, The Impossible Dream. I couldn't watch it for this recording, but I'm going to try to find it and see uh, the whole process and see what it, how everything got made, because it's so cool. <laughs> everything about this movie is so cool. It's so cool. I would love to watch yeah. the documentary, too. It's just I couldn't find it without it being behind a paywall. Yeah. 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 You can rent it on iTunes. I might do that. It's just, I, I want to know more about the inspiration behind this film and yeah. hear it from the directors. Great movie. You guys should watch it. If you, have. you guys should watch oh, it. If, guys, watch this and movie. And if you have, you should rewatch it. It's currently on Hulu for all of you Americans who get Hulu. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> I just got real sad. Sorry. <laughs> no, Elena. Thank you for doing this episode with me. It was a lot of fun. Very emotional. It's so it's it's you know what? It's honestly what I needed. Everything's been so much. Vincent deserves better. We need to remind the people all the time that Vincent deserves better. <laughs> We do. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Uh, but where can the people uh, find us yelling into the void about all sorts of Vincent Van Gogh related content? We are now a Vincent podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> but you can find us on our website, where you can get access to. Uh, updates, newsletters, transcripts, and blog posts, and so much more. Um, And it's at (laughs) BYWRPod.com. You can also find the show on Twitter at BYWRPod. And on Instagram at BYWRPod. You can also email us at BYWRPod at gmail.com. And of course, you can check us out on Patreon. Our Patreon is the best way to support us if you like the work we're doing here at BYWAP. Come say hi. We also added tiers on Patreon. So we yeah, it's so cool. Show. We've recently updated the Patreon, y'all. Yeah. Even just to check, check it out. out. So go tell us how you think about it. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and wash please. your hands. Oh, please don't touch your face, America. The world. <laughs> Come on. Wear your mask. Wear, wear your mask. I go, I go to work. And people show up and they'll pull down their mask to speak to me. And it's like, you are. Annoying. <laughs> uh, Anyways, remember, when in doubt. Titty out. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.